Welcome to the Ordinary Pastor Podcast with C.J. Mahaney. This podcast is devoted to helping ordinary pastors with the extraordinary privilege of serving God's people in their local church. And now, here is C.J. with your host, Mickey Connolly. All right, guys, welcome back to the Ordinary Pastor Podcast. Mickey, are, are, are we on iTunes? <laughs> After um, your big announcement at the beginning of the last podcast, and then informing me, <laughs> me and the listeners at the end that we're not on yet, or you're not sure. So, are are we on iTunes? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> but I hope so, we are. You know, is I'm it, po- is it possible to be declined? By I, iTunes? Yeah, I don't know if, how iTunes works. I mean, iTunes might say, you know what, fellas? You have six listeners. We're, we're going <laughs> to judging from some of the things I've seen on iTunes. Okay. I doubt they're declining okay. anywhere. Very good. So I Very think good. we're. I think we're Very safe. Good. So, um, but you, you're clueless as to whether we're on iTunes. Uh, yeah. In a word, yes. Yes, <laughs> yes I'm clueless. But I'm hoping we are. This yes. is this is November. You you are the best of hosts and the worst of hosts. <laughs> Yeah, and the emphasis on the word. To quote Dickens. Okay. All right. So Lead on. Um, last time we talked about uh, planning a time for reading, how important yeah. that is. Yeah. And then having a plan for what you read. Yes. And yes. Uh, we talked a little bit about how to remember how to remember Love what it. you read. Mm. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. you talked about just how you... Um, mark and yes. underline and, and et cetera, yes. et cetera, et cetera. When you read a book, you should attack a book. You yes. really should. You should be attacking it. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't understand personally casual reading. I don't, I don't know how you can read without a pen in your hand. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yes, reading is is. Uh, I think Piper calls it aggressive attentiveness. Uh, yeah. And and I I find personally that having a pen just it it helps me. It helps me to to uh, to to isolate a sentence, to check it, so it isn't just for future retention. Um, it's for even in the moment, it it provokes a pause so that it uh, provokes meditation. Yep. 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 Um, you were much kinder than me. It is my humble opinion that you were an idiot. <laughs> that I'm an idiot? No, that anyone is an idiot. <laughs> I would agree with you. That doesn't mean, I am an idiot. <laughs> well, in, in other and, areas. And you but, and I affectionately call each other idiots all the time anyone but you're saying a dope okay anyone that doesn't read with a pen in their hands and is underlining and checking is a dope yes i'm sorry to say it guys yes we don't think you're reading that's the challenge we issue we're not sure what you're doing but if you don't have a pen in your hand when you read according you you are not according to this podcast you do not qualify as a reader that's right man up Get a pen, Get yourself attack a, a book, pen. and read. Good. Yes, excellent. Yes, good. Okay, glad yeah. we got that out of the yes. way. Yes, yes. <laughs> what other podcast is covering now, points? You're not getting that kind no, of thing no. on most Let's podcasts. Let's draw listeners' attention there, to the uniqueness a, of this podcast. There is a fear right. of man that we sure. don't have. What other podcast calls their listeners' names, like Idiot and Dope? I don't know. I don't think there's another podcast. And does so full of affection. Oh, yeah. We oh, yeah. kid there's... because we love. And but I'm not we're kidding. also they serious. Are <laughs> <laughs> they're, 
There is no kidding about exactly that. You are right. dope, boys. That is exactly and right. And you think, oh, I can just remember <laughs> all of these things. Yep. All right. Let's get, let's get back to okay. uh, the question we did. We start we started talking about what to read. Okay. And uh, I think in some context, I don't remember where you said it, but um, your role should inform your reading. Hmm. So explain. Yes. Okay. Yes. I, 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 I've said that because I, I want to help guys to, to uh, specialize in their reading. Again, the, the, the prospect of reading is just overwhelming when one considers the options to read. So I think that should, what your role is should inform your plan, your reading plan, so that you can specialize in your reading, which I think will ultimately serve you in your role. So since I have a primary responsibility to preach, uh, a regular part of my reading diet is homiletics, preaching, etc. If if I was a support pastor who was specializing in counseling, well then that would inform my reading. If I was uh, leading married couples, well then that would inform my reading. So if I was leading youth ministry, well then that would inform my reading. So my role would inform my reading. I would want to become as well-read in relation to my role as possible. And so that's what I mean. I'm just hoping to help guys to not feel as if they have to read everything that is available, but instead by specializing, I think their reading can be much more productive and effective. Good. Yep. Okay. Uh, I want to. I want to follow up on that. But Good. You mentioned earlier we need reading for our souls. Mm. So yes. um, and and those things feed our souls. But simply reading for our role doesn't necessarily feed our souls. So, oh no. So what? What about just what? What kind of reading categories? Not, yeah. not titles. Would you yeah. recommend yeah. that that everybody read to feed their soul? Okay. Well, I, yeah, and I don't have new ones from the last time. So my categories <laughs> How about are reminding first, our okay. listeners. <laughs> but go- gospel is the category that informs my reading each and every morning. Spurgeon said, "Abide hard by the cross and search the mystery of His wounds." Uh, Spurgeon said, "Dwell where the cries of Calvary can be heard." Uh, I, I, I follow the example of George Mueller, who, who uh, wrote about uh, making his soul happy each and every day, happy in God. Yes. Well, there's, there's no better way to make my soul happy than to preach the gospel to my soul each and every day. So if you came into my office, there is uh, probably two shelves filled with books, all related to the gospel, that, uh, that, that just help supplement uh, my study of scripture with the gospel being the storyline of the Bible. And so that, that's the category first and foremost that, that uh, not just every pastor, but every, every Christian, I think, needs mm-hmm. to be refreshed by yes. uh, on a daily basis. But yeah, for me, add to that spiritual disciplines, uh, sanctification. Uh, I, w- I want to be uh, reading about suffering uh, on, on a regular basis. Um, my role as a husband and a father. So th- those are the categories that inform uh, my reading, uh, unrelated to the, the role of preaching, although I'm sure that reading uh, does serve uh, my role in preaching as, as well. So yeah, that, that's, that's more the fight for one's life so that we, we avoid becoming what John Piper calls professional pastors. We, right. we, we, we want to be uh, reading to address, to awaken, and to cultivate our affections and, and, and 
so the kind of reading you're describing uh, is is what should be, I think, the the passion, the preoccupation, the practice of of, of each and every pastor, each and every Christian, each and every day. Good. Uh, we've talked about planning a time. We've talked mm-hmm. about planning what to read. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've talked about how to how to read. What did In you relation say? Attack, to your role. Attacking, oh, how to attack a book. How yes. to attack a yes. book. And yes, aggressive reading. Reading for your soul, yes. reading in relation to your soul. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, anything else? I want to give you free reign. Anything else? Oh, my, my. <laughs> it's dangerous. <We> <laughs> it's dangerous, but oh I'm taking my. the chance. Yeah, so you can be on you, reading. Anything else? Yeah, uh, go. Yes, there's a few other things. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, this, you need to have a place for reading. Um, I, I, don't think, I don't think guys give that enough thought. Where, where is the most effective place for you to read? Uh, in, in his book, Slow Reading in a Hurried Age, David Mickix writes, he says, you need control, quiet, seclusion. I love this sentence. You must shut out the digital hurricane outside in order to focus. Um, so where, what space, what place can you find so that you can shut out the digital hurricane <laughs> that is outside in order to focus? So I, I think place matters. Mm-hmm. Turning off all technology matters. Putting your phone somewhere else so it doesn't distract you matters. Because if you're reading it's time for the deepest work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so in order to focus, I, I think you have to have a place. So I think, I think pastors need to think through where, where is that place where I can shut out the digital hurricane and where I can focus. I would also, I'd also add to that, uh, having referenced this book, Slow Reading in a Hurried Age, that, that we need to learn how to read slowly. Uh, we must not be in a hurry when we read. I don't think you can read effectively if you're in yeah, a hurry. The temptation uh, is, yeah. I want to read a lot of books, so I want to go That's fast. exactly right. And that's okay. what we have to fight. We have to fight that temptation because it ultimately doesn't deliver okay. as advertised. Yeah. Uh, and when I'm reading quickly, normally I'm reading superficially. So the, the goal, when I set out to read a book, the goal, I have to remind myself of this, the goal it isn't to finish the book as quickly as possible. The, the goal is, is, is to master the book. Actually, the goal is to be mastered by the content of the book. And so here's something I've noticed now as I have aged is I, I read fewer books now. I read mm-hmm. fewer books. I reread more great books. I am reading slower than ever. Um, and it isn't just because of you know deterioration in my <laughs> eyes, et cetera. Uh, and and I think uh, no, I can say with great confidence that uh, reading has become a richer experience as a result. I would, I would say another thing I've noticed over the years is reading is a skill. It's a skill. It's a discipline. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a craft. We're not. We we tend to assume. Well, no, we can all read. Uh, no, no, we can't. It it it. Uh, not, not necessarily. It, it, it is a skill. It is a discipline. And actually, uh, David Mickix in this book, Slow Reading in a Hurried Age, uh, addresses this when he writes, reading is a craft, a practice. And he says, reading better means reading more slowly. Reading for information is not the same as slow, deep reading. <laughs> so true. Slow reading is as rigorous as it is full of unexpected delight. That's a great sentence. Yeah. This guy's crafted some sweet sentence. And then listen to this. 
how you read matters much more than how much you read. Okay, that's money. How you read matters much more than how much you read. And then he just concludes that paragraph by saying slow reading is an active discipline. So here's what we've got, um, having addressed this somewhat in the, in the Deep Work podcast. We, we, we've got a world in which we, we have been conformed to a life of skimming and scanning. Uh, that adversely affects our ability to concentrate. So one must work hard to learn how to read slowly because <laughs> we live in a world that fosters quick reading, skimming, scanning. Um, what you and I are talking about right here is slow reading, yep. deep work. So I, I think this requires discipline yep. and it requires practice. Um, reading's a discipline yep. and all discipline is difficult, but <laughs> it could not be more worthwhile. There, yep. there isn't a more worthwhile investment you can make with your time uh, than, than, than to read. That's, that's freeing. Why is that I, free? I think the average pastor feels like, I got to get through all these books. I got to do this. I got to oh, do it Oh, man, fast. good. I want it to be and, free. And so no, you don't. the idea of reading less, but reading more carefully and benefiting more, I, I helpful to me. Oh, I, good. I, I think it's free. And that's what we want on this part. We want to yes. liberate yes. guys so that they... they and we're they, all about liberation. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. Because grace is all about libera- liberation. But, you know, we're also talking about discipline. So yes. you do, you, you, you find uh, what, what Mickick says, that slow reading is as rigorous as it is full of unexpected delight. Yeah. That's what we're yeah. talking about here. Yeah, slow down uh, in your reading, but then you're going to encounter uh, uh, unexpected delight in your reading. By the way, I, I mean, we're not done this topic uh, with, with, without at least mentioning, if not emphasizing, that, that when you read, prior to reading, uh, we, we must always be asking for divine assistance. I mean, we must always be asking for that gift of illumination. And, and Piper wonderfully uh, draws attention uh, to that, uh, in particular in his most recent book, which I want to highly recommend, uh, Reading the Bible Supernaturally. Um, and he draws attention to 2 Timothy 2.7, uh, where Paul writes, think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. And John just argues for, we think the Lord gives understanding. Our thinking alone is not sufficient. Um, so the Lord hasn't promised to give understanding to those who, who don't think. Uh, so we need to recognize the necessity of thinking, the necessity of reading, the necessity of slow reading. But we need to acknowledge our limitations as well because we are in complete dependence on God to give the understanding that we need. Uh, we need the eyes of our hearts opened and, and that work only God can do. And, and he is eager to do. So always, always, always be asking for uh, divine assistance uh, prior to reading. Find your way to the verses, Ephesians 1, uh, Psalm 119, verse 18. You know, open my eyes that I might behold wondrous things from your law. Um, that, that kind of dependence needs to be present at the outset of our reading um, and, and reflected throughout our reading, actually. Uh, if I, I'd say one, I'd say at least one more thing. I mean, we, we could do. <laughs> yeah, keep going. We, huh? we could do so many. I mean, God, reading is just um, read to feel. Okay, take up and read in order to feel. Uh, God commands us 
to long for his word in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. To, to long for it like, like, like a newborn infant. So that, there's some serious intensity that is being uh, assumed and, and described here. So I think all of us must ask ourselves and, and, and do kind of an evaluation at different times throughout the year. Uh, do, do we long for God's word? So this, we're addressing appetite here. Do, do we long for it? In other words, do, do we intensely desire to study God's word? Because if we don't have that longing, that, that is a command from God. God commands our emotional obedience. If we don't have that longing, then we must seek God for that longing. So all the stuff we've talked about in the previous podcast and this podcast about planning a time to read and schedule to read and plan for the books you read, now, th- this, this is most important, uh-huh. having this longing, having this appetite. And you know what? If, if a Christian or a pastor uh, doesn't have this, if there's the absence of this longing, well, then that should concern us. And, and it should really demand our immediate attention. So, because it, here's what I'm aware of. If that longing isn't present in my life, then most likely I'm longing for some lesser thing. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm, I must identify what those lesser things are that, that have captured my longing um, because I've neglected the longing that matters, which is a longing for Scripture. And, and then take, take immediate and dramatic action because it, it, if you aren't longing for Scripture, then, then your, your soul just isn't healthy. So we, we, are, we are longing to read. Um, and how kind of the Lord, how kind of the Lord to command us to long for that which truly satisfies the revelation of, you know, his greatness and grace and glory in the person and work of Christ revealed in and through the pages of scripture that satisfies each and every time. So how kind of him to command us to long for something that delivers as advertised. And, and that, that uh, gift of illumination we talked about a moment ago, that, that's what uh, we pray for so that affections are created from Excellent. our reading. Excellent. All right. Uh, great. Thank you, CJ. This has mm. been excellent. Oh, I hope it's um, been helpful. Any final yep. thing that you mm. want to add? Oh, yes, there is. Because actually, when you asked me, uh, when you said, let's do a podcast on reading, I mean, I, I immediately knew that at some point, and actually, I think it functions best at the final point, I wanted to bring to the attention of the listeners a quote that I'm sure most of them are familiar with from Spurgeon. Uh, so he's commenting on 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 13, where Paul says, When you come, bring the cloak that I left with you at Carpus, uh, also the books, and above all, the parchments. So Spurgeon said, We do not know what the books were about, and we can only form some guess as to what the parchments were. He, Paul, is inspired, and yet he wants books. He has been preaching at least for 30 years, and yet he wants books. He had seen the Lord, and yet he wants books. He had a wider experience than most men, and yet he wants books. He has been caught up into the third heaven and heard things which it was unlawful for a man to utter, yet he wants books. He had written the major part of the New Testament, and yet he wants books. The apostle says to Timothy, and so he says to every preacher, give thyself unto reading. The man who never reads will never be read. He who never quotes will never be quoted. He who will not use the thoughts of other men's brains proves that he has no brains of his own. (laughs) Brethren, what is 
true of ministers, is true of all people. You need to read. Renounce as much as you will all light literature, but study as much as possible sound theological works, especially the the Puritan writers and expositions of the Bible. We are quite persuaded that the very best way for you to be spending your leisure is to be either reading or praying. You may get much instruction from books which afterwards you may use as a true weapon in your Lord and Master's service. Paul cries, bring the books, join in the cry. No better way to end. How good is that? No better way to end. How good is that? Thank you. If guys aren't inspired to read after that, we got nothing for them. (laughs) Can't help you, boys. (laughs) We tried. We cared. Did our best. Yes. (laughs) All right. Thank you, CJ. And thank you guys for listening.